host right here, baby. Adam Hill chilling out at Hayes Radio. It's another episode of the podcast, dude. It's always great to have Kentron chilling here, tickling them ebonies and ivories, bringing that live. Just the live music, man. I just It's just a vibe, dude. And then, you know, if you're familiar with the show, you already know how the, the keys play with the whole show. So uh, we'll get to it. I appreciate all y'all hanging out. Everyone tune in wherever the fuck you at. If you're in your car, at the house, or in the trim room, or at the dispensary, or at your friend's house, or basement, or where the fuck you listen to a podcast, or you're watching the stream live on Twitch, thank y'all for joining us. You can be anywhere in the world doing whatever the fuck you want, but you're here with me, and of course, I got someone sitting right next to me that I'm super stoked to talk to, and to introduce y'all to, uh, uh, I just kind of lurked the IG a little bit, I learned a lot. And I seen you around. I think I know your lady before I met you, but he's a, a, a comedian, a writer, actor. He also said musician, so I'm gonna get into that as well. He's a fucking talk about Mr. Matt Edgar, baby. Hello. Hi. Great to be here, Adam. Thanks for having me. Oh no, thanks for coming, dude. I appreciate you pulling up and chilling. Like you got the joint in your hand. I was looking yeah, for my cool. lighter. I don't know where I put it. I got the blunt in my hand. How's everything been with you, dude? Bro, it has been fantastic now that we're out of this shit. You know what I'm saying? And and I know, especially being a comedian, like, your livelihood is, like, shows in front of people, getting reactions, making laughs, and that quarantine shit was not their business. I am only talking about that. I mean, really, <laughs> like, the... Uh, the <laughs> The fact that it went away, you know, I never realized how much I took my stand-up for granted, you know. I think we all took a lot for granted, but yeah. stand-up, I just figured, you know, I would always have this, no matter what. And that went away, and I've been doing it for 14 years, and I may take a maybe night or two off a week, let the, the comedy years? muscles breathe. And so this was the longest uh, I'd ever gone not doing it. And, so. and I know, like... With this, we all adjusted and adapted to the situation, and there was, like, Zoom comedy shows and other streaming platforms that were, like, doing it, and it's mm-hmm. it just wasn't was it the same, right? I don't know if it's, it's, like, getting the reaction from the audience or if it's just, like, getting the energy or whatever the fuck, but it just— Well, you nailed it. I mean, it's like, what we do is live, you know? I'm reading the room. I'm reading the people in front of me. The laughter tells me what to say next. So if I'm sitting there on a conference call on Zoom, <laughs> like it's a like it's a work meeting and I'm supposed to be funny, you yeah. know, and I'm not getting anything back because there's a little delay. Yeah. Right? And, and people are muted, too, because they want to like, oh, you there's know. muted. I can see them laughing, but I can't hear yeah. it. You know what I mean? And then there's a lot of people I can't see. You know, when I'm up there, I'm looking them in the eyes, you know, and I'm asking I'm talking to them individuals. I don't do the same set every night. It's a different set because it's a different audience. Now, when you're in Zoom, it, you, all the all the um, uh, mutant powers that you have being a comedian, it's like you don't have them. You're like mortal. 
Right. And now I'm just getting, uh, you know, stared at by these people like I'm failing a job interview. <laughs> Every set feels like a fucking crash. Oh, yeah. And like I said, that delay. I mean, dude, comedy is timing. Yes. Right. It's yes. all timing. A hundred percent. That little delay is enough for it just to fall to, flat. To bomb. And, uh, and then I had to start getting good at not having meltdowns on Zoom. I was, <laughs> I was losing my shit. Yeah, one, one time a girl, I'm looking at her. She's asleep on her laptop. Oh, no. Like she's at home in her room or whatever and she's asleep which is totally cool but it's like not dude i'm like that's i can't do comedy (laughs) performing a dead why are you even here man like turn the screen off turn somebody close her laptop yeah but yeah no it's uh it being back i'm back at the comedy store i uh and you know there's a bunch of other spots open up doing a lot of outdoor shows um just trying to get the stink of the zoom comedy out because you know, that was that was painful. Nobody should know what it's like to bomb in their living room. <laughs> Chilling at home doing your bit. And, and just... this is where I go after I bomb. <laughs> this is my safe place. It's crazy. It's crazy because I've seen people try to. Uh, I know people left California for comedy because other states were a little bit more relaxed. And then uh, uh, other people were just like, fuck this. We're going in my backyard. I'm doing backyard oh, fucking yeah. shows. Bro, I did. So I was killing backyards all over the greater L.A. area. Now, how was that feeling? Because you said you were doing comedy for 14 years. I'm sure you've been on many stages. You've opened for uh, many famous comedians. You've been on uh, uh, very popular shows and podcasts. How is it, like, you know, (laughs) go over, like, stages in front of thousands of people to just, like, the backyard vibe? Well, you know, I I really cut my teeth in the uh, late-night comedy store scene. So at the comedy store, the show goes... Like three to four hours. It's a marathon. Every 15 minutes, a new comedian comes up. No host. They just, we bring each other mm-hmm. up. And these guys are the comedy elite. I'm talking top of the top. You know, I'll do shows with Bill Burr, Sebastian, uh, you know, Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura. They're all on the same lineup. And then if, and then there's me. Right. You know? And so a lot of times, obviously, you'd put the more famous guys up early. You know, they're drawn. And... Uh, by the time it's my turn, it's like past midnight. Oof. Uh, you know, everybody got their money's worth already. Most of them are gone. Right. The people there are either... Diehards or... They're diehards. Like, they're just barely... You know, I don't know. I mean, they they love it. Or or they're just, you know, waiting for their check. <laughs> the <laughs> Uber, wait, the Uber's, on, the the Uber's way. on its way. They're trying to sober up, you know. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the entertainment for their come down, right. basically. So, with that kind of uh, attention span in a room, a broken room like that... I've, I've learned to adapt to any environment. You know, when you're in that late and it's such a tired, you know, slow, dead energy, and I'm trying to make turn this into a show again, when you're outside, the contrast, there's so much more to make fun of. There's more things going on. Also, I'll say this, man. The audiences since the pandemic on, that means during it and even now as we're coming out of it, they, I've never had such gratitude from audience members. They're just so stoked to be there more than ever. Out of the house, just and seeing other people. Yeah. Just so if there's some appreciative show, of the shit going yo, on, yo, I'm doing a show in in a car wash parking lot, <laughs> and you'd think like that must be a shitty show. I mean, all things considered, if it's regular, why would why wouldn't it be at a comedy club or something? But now some of the best food are in like car wash parking lots. Oh, there was great food that <laughs> night too, and and that's just it. It's like people were so stoked to even be out, to be eating with each other, to be entertained with each other, and so. 
I, I feel like it's not as bad as it sounds when I talk about the outdoor shows. I, I love them, and they're, I, I have a feeling they're here to stay, and that's a good thing. More stage time. And uh, I feel like people are more lax with uh, consuming cannabis at outdoor events than uh, inside clubs. It's like so many shows I do, I like promote to bring weed. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I guarantee myself that it sells tickets. <laughs> bring your weed. You could smoke and watch smoke comedy. Here, I, got a, I, had, uh, I had a show at the Mint the other night and I got it sponsored by uh, the Higher Path Dispensary yes. in Sherman Oaks. Great on dispensary. On Ventura. Yes. Great place. Across from Ralph's and Taco Bell. Yep, yep. I love the spot. And anyways, <laughs> those guys are so cool that they sponsored my show at the Mint. And they just brought a bunch of pre-rolls. They got everybody hot. Hell yeah, it's the best. So yeah, man. It's uh it's changed the culture, but I'm liking I'm liking the way it's changing. I seen you uh I, I was watch I watched some of your videos and shit, and I seen you get heckled by a fan who or a yeah, a, a fan by uh, trying to give you a joint in the middle of your set. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you were uh, f- very passionate about a uh, certain <laughs> subject matter. You show a lot of passion when you talk. You just, like, you're in yeah. it. Well, you got to. I, I feel like uh, it's just the way I make sense. It's the way I communicate, you know. Maybe I'm a little turned up more on stage, but uh, I like speaking with my whole body. And have you always been like that? Were you, like, as a kid, little Maddie? Yeah. Growing up, were you, like, the class clown? Were you always loud? And- you know, I, there, was, there was something that would happen. I was not good in school. I was very unfocused. They told me I had the ADD in kindergarten. They right. put me on the Ritalin. You know, I went through the Damn, whole thing. they dosed you early. They dosed me immediately. Where are you from originally? Well, I was born in Corona, California. Okay. Which is Riverside County. Yeah, yeah, IE, baby. Yeah, IE. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I went to high school in Orange County on a bordering city of Orange County and Long Beach. And uh, my Los dad- Los Alamitos. Los Alamitos, my friend, you did your research. What? Uh, well, I, I also am from SoCal, so I kind of. <laughs> so you know the lay of the land. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I would tell people. 605 in like spring. Right. Well, I would tell people up. Uh, I drive by that high school at my other studio. Okay. I think if it's uh, the same yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, probably. There's studios over there. Is now. it on like Spring Street? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, That's I drive where you by get it. off. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's where I do my hygiene show. Okay, so I just did I just did a, a show there too. I wonder if we oh, did the same did the spot. Oh, yeah, infused. Yeah, yeah, cannabis capital. Oh, cannabis capital. Yeah, I yeah. love that place. Yeah, it's man. Right, you drove by your high school going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know what high yeah. school. You <laughs> I drove by it. I was like, fuck, fuck you. This. Yeah, <laughs> you know they and it, and it's weird how you know getting older you, you drive by your school and and I guarantee anybody that's been out of high school as long as I have they, they, they'll know this you go by it and it's not the same school hell no they got all I mean it got so much plastic surgery my 20 year reunions this year no yeah you going hell no hell no I don't even talk to anyone from high school and if I wanted to I would reach out we have so many ways to reach them through all these fucking social platforms that like you got fucking well everyone was on Facebook because that's like the first thing I mean I was on AOL when I was out. it was MySpace you I know what I'm AIM, saying dude. it was AIM like fucking yep. hit me up in the instant messenger I'm me mm-hmm. now it's DM me before it used to be I'm me yeah and you're like what do you mean I'm me instant message me fucker what are you a boomer yeah uh, <laughs> what uh what high school you go to I went out here in the valley you're in the valley okay. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I was so. born and raised out here yeah 818 baby oh 818 say it backwards 818 Eight. Yeah, it's a great area code. Did you know uh, Brody Stevens? Yes, he was a legend, Valley legend. Yeah. R.I.P. Dude, Our... I got to see him uh, perform. We should have a comedy, little secret comedy stage in the Valley on Laurel Canyon. 
uh, at, it used to be called the Headroom Gallery, and we used to have comedians come there and perform. Uh, I think it was every Monday night or some shit, or Tuesday night. Brody so, come through? But Brody came through. Uh, Gallagher came through. I got to see uh, Jazzleneck in there. I got to see uh, uh, um, the fucking, who's the dude? Gallagher? Yeah, that's Gallagher. With yeah, the, yeah, uh, the watermelon. Did he bring a watermelon? No, did he go no, all out? He just fucking was playing the sitar and singing. It was weird. Yeah. And then uh, there was, like, le- a lot of legendary comedians. Totally. I'm tracking, like, if I well, remember you, the names. He just rattled off Jezelneck and Brody. Yeah. And those are two legends. Oh, right and Leslie Jones. Leslie I got to Jones, see her shitload there. That, so Leslie Jones. Oh, my God. Leslie. See, these these are people that at the comedy store, maybe not Jezelneck so much because he was more of a New York guy when I was coming up. But uh, definitely Brody and Leslie, I learned comedy from them. They were store people. They were there every night. I was a door guy before they paid me to do comedy there. So you started as a door guy at the store? Yeah, and I had to watch the whole show. So, like, I had uh, Frank Castillo on here a couple weeks ago. Brother. And he said he was, uh, uh, he started as a door dude, and mm-hmm. then he ended up winning the roast battle or some shit. Mm-hmm. So you did you know Frank while you were at the store as well? Yeah, I was a paid regular when Frank. Okay, oh, when Frank started, you were you're like I was in your shoes, dude. Keep, yep. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a camaraderie for comedy store people, especially if they went through the um, I call it the comedy store program, where you start off as a door guy and then you work your way up to the stage, and uh, a lot of people don't make it from there, but um, when they do and they come out the other end, it's like wow, dude, we we started you know started from the bottom out. Yeah. yeah. Now look at us getting paid up here like this. Remember when we were cleaning puke? You Oof. know. And uh, yeah, Frank came in. Great, I, all there's classes that came at, uh, after me. All the classes that came after me really wound up dope. Everybody's dope. been real dope. So how did how did you? Okay, so here you are. You were born in Corona. You were you were wild as a kid. Didn't really pay attention. Maybe because you were too smart. Oh, I was gonna say when you're talking about the class clown thing. Uh, so I had a. My teacher, I, I was really good at knowing when to say the funny thing. Yes, the funny timing. thing, timing, my friend, and n- not just timing, but while the teacher's talking, to to hit the beat to get the room to laugh. So the communal laugh, I grew up doing that. Yes. It was the first real drug in the kindergarten, as far back as I could remember. Getting that, you know, the teacher be saying something, and I would just see it. And I would sit on it. I want to just blurt out because I learned that that didn't work. I marinate on it. Well, yeah, there's got to be a beat to say it. Right. And and if you hit that beat, it almost doesn't matter what you say. There's something about the release of tension, which causes the laugh of the room. And uh, but I would do it in a way where the teacher wouldn't get annoyed too. Because it was just they would appreciate drive. it. Well, they'd appreciate that it wasn't annoying. Right. They'd appreciate that in inter- I didn't interrupt. You know it wasn't I mean? like done maliciously. It was like I'm just trying to. You know, bring laughter. Yeah, all my teachers liked me. I liked all my teachers. I didn't have any real dick teachers that I didn't get along with. They knew the deal when they had me, and uh, and it was always good. But yeah, getting that laugh. So obviously, high school ends, and I still need my fucking, you know, my powder. I still need to get that communal laugh. And where do I get it? You don't get it in any other job or. Did you, know, you try like regular? Well, I was days? doing it in community college. I was killing it pretty hard there too. But <laughs> it got kind of out of hand because there's people there my parents' age. Like, dude, kid, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get out of I'm this. I'm trying shit. to fucking. This is. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. this serious. Asshole. I'm finally taking this seriously in my 40s. I don't need, you. I don't need your 18 year old ass trying to make me laugh. Did you? So is like comedy something like that you were trying to get into, or is this like entertain, like getting that laugh? Like, what was Matt's? 
like, what did Maddie want to be? What was he like? What did the, your parents say? Oh, well, I it, tell you, right out of high school, I started taking classes at the Groundlings. Oh, so you're like, I'm, this is oh, it. Oh, I knew. I knew back when I was, I'd say before 10, I knew. When I, forgot, when I f- heard my first comedy album, I knew. I didn't even know what was going on in the comedy album. I just knew that this idea of a grown-up going up in front of a group of other grown-ups, and all he's doing is holding court and goofing off, and everybody's loving it. And then you find out that that guy gets paid a lot. <laughs> what was that CD? Which album was it? Sinbad. <laughs> yeah. I was going to make it a dozen. And that guy is Sinbad. Sinbad. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, but he, yeah, once I knew that that was happening, what? I'm like, well, I got to get my, I got to get in on that shit. That's what I'm doing. Cause I'm definitely, I'm, you know, I'm eight years old now. School's already not going well. <laughs> I got a long road ahead of me. You're a smart so. kid if you realize that I hate. Oh, like, I'm putting well, it. this ain't my shit. Let me figure it hey, out. Look, and I'm crunching the numbers, and I, I'm not even good at math. So, <laughs> I mean, the writing was on the wall, yeah. and I couldn't even read. So, I, I knew that uh, as soon as I'm done with this, you know, the, this obligation of school, just high school, then I'm going to start, you know, creeping into the professional comedy world. And I did. I took classes at the Groundlings. I, uh, you know, I would, I would, uh, I was horrible. I was the youngest guy. I mean, literally a kid. And, uh, were they, was there like any resent? Did you feel like any type of resent? People were like, oh, who's this fucking kid? In not here? in, not in improv classes. No, because I, I wasn't there long enough. I, I basically, I'd had taken, um, the groundlings like a, a beginner course. From there, I met this guy, uh, Kip King, who's one of the original groundlings, legendary, uh, improv comedian and just, Legendary TV comedian character. His his son is actually Chris Kattan. Oh wow! So I mean, even, even in his fucking balls are comedic. You know what Damn. I mean? And so anyway, SNL he, legend. He took. I started doing private lessons with him in his little class, and I think I learned more about uh, funny, like what really, you know, because there's so much in, in in the classes. They tell you rules. There's rules to improv. And uh, this guy, Kip King, was a, a real Buddhist, and he didn't like the idea of it being rules. Because like, com- comedy people, you know, we're rebels. Why are there rules? Right. So he had other way. He had a different, he had a more spiritual approach at improv. And uh, so I liked that. And then he ended up getting too old, to, so he couldn't really uh, teach anymore. And so uh, I, t- I turned 21. I'm now legal enough to go into any of the comedy clubs. And, yeah, I mean, as soon as I turned 21, I was at the comedy store doing open mics. So this has always been a, a, a path. Like, you're like, this is what I like to do. This is what I'm doing. There's no nothing else. Well, it helps to being from Southern California. You know what I mean? I mean, Long Beach is L.A. County, you know? So, like, I'm not yeah. that far from where it's all happening anyways. Right. So it, it always seemed very real. You know, I hear about people being from the middle of the country or somewhere really far, and uh, I feel like so many people don't try because of that, you know? They're like, oh, I couldn't ever believe it was possible coming out to L.A. Like, that's the big feat for them is like— I oh, made it in made, L.A. Got to L.A. Like, now I'm in L.A. And, like, that's such a big deal. And I get that. They left their home, and they're in the big, you know, the right. giant arena, right? And they, they made their way. That's an accomplishment. But for me, I don't have that experience because I was born here. Yeah. So to <laughs> I me, it's like— there's no excuse to not be doing this shit. Right. So yeah, as soon as high school was done, there's no more obligation. I tried community college. I was there also doing improv classes and community college, trying to get that speech and communication right. major. And uh, make and my parents happy. Make dad happy because <laughs> you know he's paying for this shit. Right. And uh, yeah, and then eventually, yeah. I just, once I got to 
uh, comedy club age, 21. I I, I still wish I would have started right out the gate, but I just thought it was illegal to go into these clubs. You right. know? Was, now you know as a performer, you can be any age. Oh, to get on this. dude. I mean, there's kids now showing. There's TikTokers showing up for this shit. I'm like, you lucky bitches. In, into the club? Like watching or performing? Performing. They're not. They're not allowed to watch. Yeah, they can just be a, a performer. You know, I was there when. Uh, you know, uh, there'd be certain comedians that were. You know, uh, well, the big one I guess would be Melissa Villasenor was literally a. Uh, she was like 20 years old. I mean, she started when she was 15, and then came back at like younger. Yeah, 20 years old, and she would literally. They'd bring her in to do her. Uh, open mic spot, three minutes. And then out. And then she has to go out. Yeah. yeah. Can't stay inside. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know, to me, I just thought I, I would have done that. I totally would have done that if I knew that was possible. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. And instead, I took improv classes. And Do you feel that helped you at all? Did, I mean, taking improv, did you learn anything? The from- one thing I learned from improv, and, and not to say that you can't learn things from improv. This is all how you learn anyways, which everyone's different. And improv to me as a whole is more of a uh, it's more of an ingredient in comedy rather than a you know the show uh, it's you it needs comedy needs improv no doubt it needs improv it's like water you need it also to survive but uh um i just to me the stand up was like what came most easy and natural but and one great element of improv one of the rules actually um is to never say no Never deny. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I don't know what, if I knew what that meant, but at, years into stand-up, I started to really get what that meant. And it got me through a lot of, uh, you know, big leaps in my development. Oh, yeah. And that came from something I had learned years prior. Just in your the, brain. And it just... You know, and, and finally I'm pushed to the limit, and I remember that thing that I paid $500 for. <laughs> right out of high school. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Beer the Man, thank you for the biddies, dude. I, I'm doing a podcast right now. I appreciate you. We live on Twitch. We got gifting subs. We got biddies dropping. Appreciate all y'all vibing and chilling. We with Matt Edgar. Hey, listen, listen. I see you guys dropping the link on the Twitch stream. Uh, for his IG, you could check it out. It's uh, at, M- at Matt Edgar. How- at Matt Edgar. Matt has one, one T. In it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're dropping the link in the Twitch. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, it's one T. Matt Edgar. Check it out. He's got a bunch of bits, stand up. Skits. Stand- I put my stand up on my IG, guys. And his uh, and his love life as well. Who is another comedian? Well, it's, my love life happens to be intertwined with my comedy life. Yeah. So I, I lucked out at the double jackpot. So that's a, so uh, right. So so here you are, right out of high school. You're doing comedy. When was like the moment that you're like, okay, like I can, like I can do this shit. Like I can pay my bills. I can survive off fucking around and telling jokes. Uh, still waiting, Adam. No, <laughs> um, That's the good you know, answer. It's, it's funny how That's the uh, best answer. It's funny how the uh, the pandemic kind of like reset a lot of that stuff, you know, because I was flowing. I, I you know what, dude? I'd say okay. So opened- my last normal job was uh, th- being a door guy at the comedy store. That was the last regular paychecks I was getting, you know, like and regular. I, yeah, every yeah. other every other week, right? right. Um, and then I'm fun employed too, so I get that like not having a, like every day I wake up like with maybe you know I get anxiety because I'm like all right I need to make some money today I ain't getting no paycheck yeah. like what am I gonna do today what projects do I have working on like how yeah. am I gonna be able to pay my rent next month so like I get that being that fun employed mm. different you know different different lanes you know the comedy lane the content lane whatever 
But uh, I get it, dude. So yeah. So well, every day you're still like, fuck, I ain't what, but but, but you're still doing it. You're you're actually turn a passion into a paycheck. I, you know, it sucks because I turned 25 and I got passed. I got passed when I was 25 at, as a paid regular at the comedy store, 2011. So now I. Uh, so now I I don't I can't work there anymore. They don't want their paid regulars working there being door guys. They want you guys are pros. You right. can't have the guys seat them going up. That's not a good look. Um, so I, I couldn't work there anymore. So I no more paychecks. There's a huge drop in money because I was not making all the money doing comedy at the time. Right. So from that point on, I had to step it up as far as uh, um, getting paid doing stand up, and I got very lucky. Being at the comedy store has opened up so many doors because all the all the greats go there. That's where they go to practice, and they know what it's like to be where I'm at, and they need openers too. And sometimes you just get real lucky, and, and you're on the road with somebody, and you're doing a sold-out crowd, and you're getting paid way more than you deserve for it. And, uh, and you're getting exposed to a whole new audience of people. Yeah. Who'd you open up for? Who'd you get to tour with? Oh, all kinds of them. All kinds of people. Ari Shafir, uh, uh, Brody Stevens. I've done, you know, um, Jeff Garland. I've opened for Michael Ian Black. I've opened for, I mean, so many just yeah. rando. I mean, I can't tell you them all right now. I've been, <laughs> It's it, it all kind of blends in. I, I get it. Yeah, it's I been get 14 it. fucking years. Yeah. Um, and then so that got me through the early years of stand up, you know. So now year five on, I'm I'm a good feature. I'm opening and I'm getting real experience. And in 2017, I uh, got in cahoots with a company. Uh, well, Adam Carolla's drink company wanted to sponsor a a, a comedy. And uh, music tour. So basically, what happened is uh, I would I started headlining the comedy portion of this comedy music tour in 2000, 2017. Hell so yeah! So I'd say that's when I became a headliner. Was that like that like a oh shit moment? Like, well, yeah, I don't I didn't realize it was happening until later. I mean, okay. it's weird. It wasn't an oh shit moment. No, it was uh, it was a looking back maybe a delayed oh shit moment. Like <laughs> years had gone oh by. Years had gone by and I've been headlining cons- consistently. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm a headliner. I didn't. I thought it would be a more grandiose thing, like everyone would know. And uh, but it's not. It just like happened that. so organically. You're just like, yeah, hell yeah. Well, because it was. It wasn't headlining like I thought headlining was. You know, I always saw it as for comedians. They go to a town for a weekend. It's one club. It's like, you know, four or five shows, and uh, and you're and that's that's headlining. But I but this new alternative way of putting music and comedy together, and then through that being. You know, on doing those shows and getting exposure to that fan base of those bands and Adam Carolla and, and all these different people. That I used to got work me. with Adam Carolla too. Yeah, the two Adams. But when he did a morning show for LA Radio. Oh yeah, ninety seven one. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, dude, I I'm from your brother. Yeah, yeah. So You're I worked for ninety seven one for like ten years. Oh wow. As like a brand, like a street team. No yeah. shit. And I did some on air shit with like Frosty Addy Frank and Tom. Okay. Likas yeah. And Conway and Steckler and Whitman. Wow. What, my bro? dream, dude, because I was driving to school, uh, or my my friend's dad would drive us to school, and we're listening to K Rock, and I'm just yeah. like, the radio is so funny. Yeah. I think that's what I helped started too. when Howard Stern was doing the morning right. show. Yeah, yeah. So I think 
comedians also had the privilege of growing up around com- or somehow the good comedy got through to them. You know what I mean? Like it through the, their peripheral in front of their experience. Yeah. You know, I'm, that's that's like a gift from God because I was inspired at a young age from different things. K Rock, you know, Kevin and Bean. Yeah, Kevin and Bean in the morning. Uh, yeah, yeah, we had a lot of great morning shows in LA. Yes. And radio was huge because, I mean, a lot of people drive in the LA County and the commute in the morning is big. So there was a lot. There was yeah. like flavor for everybody. Oh, and even I, I, I mean, Ryan I Seacrest used to have a morning show. Dude, Rick Dees was kind of a funny Rick old man. Rick in the morning. Um, uh, I, my stepdad was crazy about uh, Mark and Brian and I yeah. just would, I fell in love with them. Yeah. They're making him laugh. Yeah. Yeah, my parents were, or my dad was Mark and Brian. Yeah. yeah. Cox knows that when summer starts, your family doesn't stop. So they have new internet packages at an everyday low price with the same speed and flexibility that you expect from Cox. Plus, they include panoramic Wi-Fi equipment at no additional cost. It's internet that keeps up with you, all with no annual contract, which means no pesky early termination fees. And when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at Cox.com. Whatever made your dad laugh, too, that's always a great indicator. If you ever catch, as a child, you catch your dad laughing at something, you pay attention to what that is because there could be gold in that. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. And it could... Is that where you get... So how do you, like, get your 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 comedy from? Where do you get your jokes from? Is it from everyday life? Do you sit down? Is there, like, a writing process? Is it more like, oh, this shit's funny. Let me fucking remember this moment. How is, like, the process for Matt Edgar? Uh, I got good at uh, recognizing funny. I think a lot of people try to... Th- Think of it like that, where it's like you're writing, right? So you're sitting there, like, literally writing. And some people do that, and this is all different strokes. This is not, there's no one way to do it. What I like to do. Yes. um, Well, first of all, if it's, there's a few feelings I get when I know it's bit worthy. It it all comes from experience, by the way. Let's start there. It's like my day-to-day when I live my life and I'm walking around, uh, something will occur, and I'd go, oh, I got to talk about that. So when I say it's getting good at recognizing. And when you say that, do you write it down? Do you take a mental note? Do you put it in your phone? Yeah, maybe I'll write it down because I have a horrible ADD memory. That's, that's, see, I I have a horrible memory. I don't remember shit and I always say shit like that and I never write it down. So you like note in your phone or you have a little like. Phone. Phone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just easier. It's right there. Yep. And. um, Voice of text. So I'll, uh, maybe I'll. I'll just know that, like, oh, just talk about that. And I'll kind of think about it a little bit, like, what's fun about it. I always say follow the fun. Don't follow the funny. If you're following the funny, that's, like, an expectation. Not everybody thinks the same thing's funny. But fun kind of transcends a, a lot, a lot more than funny. Fun, fun is easier to grasp than funny. Right. So I follow the fun in the idea or the experience that I want to talk about. I follow, what's the most fun thing to talk about or to say <laughs> and that's always going to lead to funny if you're a funny person because that's what fun is to us it's laughing it's being funny 
Um, so then I, I got this idea, and uh, it's sitting in me. And then I like to go, I like doing daytime mics. I like paying $5, and there's only you know, maybe five other comedians in the room. I have spots. I have headlining spots. I have spots at the store. I have actual club spots. But sometimes there's something about the back of a vintage shop where there shouldn't be any comedy. It's like unsanctioned, and it's just comedians. And I got this idea because of this thing that I that I experienced the other day. And rather than go try it out at the comedy store in front of people that paid money, um, try it in front of other comedians, which is the hardest. Right. And uh, those people did pay money also, and so are you. So like, make it matter. Like, let's put let's take this idea and make it uh, a little bit more uh, uh, um, like uh, real. Like, take it from the idea and pr- pr- bring it into this material world. By putting the $5 down in front of other people that care enough to do the same. Right. And uh, go up there and say it out loud at least once. Get get used to saying it out loud. Because I don't know how it's going to go necessarily, but I say it out loud. It may not destroy that one time, but I see how to say it now, next time. Now, do uh, when you go to these events, are, do people know you're, like, trying new material? Can they tell? Those, if those daytime mics are just comedians. Trying material. And they, we all know it. And do you guys, like... Help each other out. You're like, yo, I like this joke, but why don't I you do, try yeah. it? Like this? Sometimes, some, yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Now, is that like a cool thing? Like, or is that kind of like, don't tell me how to do my jokes, fool. I know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I, is there. I think it's the way that musicians get together and jam. They just collab on shit. And just play. We're all smoking weed. You know, we're in the alley getting high. And they're like, all right, let's go and fucking see what we got. See, in the cannabis world, there's like a lot of. Like, I love the cannabis space, but, you know, there, there was a moment where there's a lot of egos and everyone's trying to say, like, oh, they got the best genetics and da-da-da. Like, fuck, I ain't trying to tell anyone my secrets. <laughs> Hoop-de-whoop. Is there shit like that in the comedy world? Like, yo, like, I'm doing this shit my way. Fuck everyone else. I ain't helping y'all. <laughs> no, all the comedians get along. We all know each other's <laughs> name. We're very uh, cool to each other. Nobody stabs anyone in the back ever. We're all making millions of dollars. Um, <laughs> Good answer. Hey, man, anywhere you get a group of people trying to make it, you're going to get a group of people trying to fake it. Hey! And, uh, write that down. You're going to get another group of people that are going to try to take it. And that will be forsaken. I don't know. I'm going off the fucking... <laughs> this ja- the music's got me fucking flowing, no, can't, baby. Can't Woo. try out here, dude. I need to... Dude, I want that in my life. Need this in my life. Well, you know, anytime you do a set, you can just have him pull up and just play I've in thought the back. about that. I've watched Dave Chappelle do that many times, and it's fucking hilarious. And I like to think I'm a little bit better than Dave Chappelle. I, I don't. <laughs> that didn't get the laugh that it it should have got because it sounded serious. Well, I don't. Dave I don't Chappelle doubt it. is. I've never. I, I've seen. I could say that I've seen real life magic in a in a room. I've seen magic. With Dave Chappelle? Yes. He's, he's, I, I don't know what it is about him or how he puts his words or what the fuck he's, but it's just, it's crazy. He just is from another planet. You know what, man? He means every word he says and he's not trying. He is so genuine and fearless and that's all. And, and oh, not to mention just as funny as a human could be. And he just doesn't oh, give a fuck. And he, he's also like, Next level smart. Yeah, I don't know if people saying. realize that about Dave Chappelle. He's a fucking genius. Yeah. And you see him when he talks to you. I, I've I've been blessed to have a few. You know, I've, he's gotten me a shot one time. I took a shot. I've smoked weed with him. Hell yeah. Uh, That's some stoner moments. I've had some moments with him, and I can remember each one. That's how I'm such a fan. But like, uh, but beyond fan, uh, he's probably the only celebrity that. 
doesn't just dis, it doesn't disappoint. It's the opposite. It's like whoa, you marvel because the way he looks at you when he speaks, it's like next dimension. It's different, higher dimensional. Yeah, man. It's like like there's certain people that are that are like famous that are well known that I don't think are from our kind. They're like from a different. They're a different species, different galaxy, but they're just here, just trying to like help us grow as a culture and a community. Because mm-hmm. we are like, if you go back to our cake ways, we are like a dumb group of people. <laughs> yeah, and I just feel like, like now, I, like Elon Musk is my latest one. He's not a human. I feel like he is a ancient astronaut that is got lost or just came on this planet, and now he's just like, yo, I need to get out of this place. I need to go back to my my home, and he's introducing technology to us uh, so we can prepare for it. And, and he even created his own crypto that we could pay for to help him go. And he said in the crypto to the moon because he's trying to get the fuck out of here. And he even named his kid something that's not even human. Like, what's the name of his kid? I don't know, but it's... Uh, he's not he's, here. If you're saying he's an alien... It, yeah, he's an ancient astronaut. Okay, so has he been... So you're saying he came here... Yes. And I was just trying to leave. Yeah, he, and we don't have the technology. It's like he basically, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I see what he's doing. He's coming down. He's trying to like, uh, it's like, all right, well, this is fun. I could I could plant the seeds of, you know. Yeah, let me introduce, thing. like, we can have the, we have the capability, but you guys are so far behind. Let me, like, slowly introduce yeah. this shit to you guys. Like, so, and, I'll, and I'll do a few podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll smoke some weed. And like, look, okay, oh, what is this stuff? We don't have this on my planet. Yeah, and, like, you know. Uh, uh, I'd like to think if an alien came down, he would go do Rogan. <laughs> A hundred percent. He wants to be kind of like, all right, let me just fucking normalize my uh, life me, real quick. Dude, if an alien came here, they would think that Joe Rogan was like the They're ambassador. Here. It's not if like they've to, come here. Like you, that's you, who they need to, to get the most listens, <laughs> like to get their point across the he has the biggest audience. He's got the biggest people audience. People now believe us. Yeah. I'm trying to get some fucking traction here. I want to get some auditions in LA while I'm down. Uh, I, I could see it. Dude, an alien coming down here would get all the fall. Do you not think out. there's any other living, like, species on this earth? Like, we are a random ball in mm. space fucking flying around the galaxy, and we have an amazing spot, but you don't think there's other life forms out there? Uh, out there or here? Both. Well, I'd say the odds are infinite. So I got to go with, yes, there must be statistically something else uh, bumping in the night. But here, I just don't know. I feel like this earth is ancient, but what that means to us isn't necessarily just, it's not so grandiose. This rock has been floating around the sun for which seems like forever. But before that, it was not even a rock. You know what I mean? And I just, no, I don't think things have fluttered through. If they have... And here's the thing, all this shit's coming out. I'm I'm here for it. I want it. I, I think so gov- badly want it. <laughs> I think the government's supposed to release some paperwork any day now. Well, if they if if uh <laughs> I, I want to see this shit. You like mushrooms, to- right? I've I've learned that. Yeah, dude, and that's the thing is like I, I, I feel like it, I feel like it's more of a dimensional thing. I think there's more aliens and dimensions. So this is what I feel. I feel I saw you did a Comedy Central special too on tripping with your friends or right uh, on mushrooms. Yeah. So I feel like how much of our brain capacity do we use? The what they say like eight percent. Yeah, but I heard that's not even true. 
What do you mean? I heard that's not true. From where? Facebook comments? Rogan. Rogan? What do you say? I'm out there driving. What do you say? These motherfuckers say we only use 8%. He's definitely had different, like, brain scientists on that, like, just, it's like, it's a common myth. Well, this is how I feel, dude. I feel like when I take certain plants, Mm -hmm. uh, I use parts of my brain that don't usually get activated. And when those yes. things start happening, I start seeing things in a different perspective. Totally. And sometimes they're positive, sometimes they're negative, depending on my mood, depending on my environment. But I get a lot of answers questioned, or I get a lot of questions answered. So so I feel like we actually open up or, or are able to access parts that we are capable of. Yeah. And there's something or some way, some shit where we can't access those things regularly right. anymore. Totally. And I don't know if it's whatever the conspiracists say of the fluoride in the water, the fucking chemtrails, okay, here's the fucking what I do food. Think. Here's what I do think. I think that, I think that we, uh, mushrooms, I, rather than, I'd say we call it pathways, right? It's pathways in your brain. They say the science is that different pathways, different parts of the brains are communicating with each other that never usually communicate. Okay. So it gives us this perspective. We've done some science on it. They're they're trying to figure it out. There's this company Maps that's looking into it. I mean, there's like it's really cool yeah. science on it. But yeah, what they're seeing is that parts of the brain are talking with other parts of the brain and it's and it's basically since they're going this way, it's it's like your brain like with PTSD and depression and stuff, it's like they say it's like rivets in a couch. It's like you think one way for so long, your brain is just used to thinking that way. And it can't, it's hard to get out of that pattern of thinking that way because it's, it's been, you know, it's been the same way for so long. Right. So what mushrooms does is now it's got those pathways going, talking to different parts of the brain, going different places. It's not the same. Yeah, keep up with me, man. Fuck yeah. You, I feel like I just turned into Super Mario. It's, it's, like, the, it's the mushroom music. Or the star power, uh, right? It's star. Uh, the, mushroom, the mushroom kingdom. Yeah, okay, okay. I just I was going to say, I just leveled up. Mushroom kingdom. Uh, so, yeah, I do think it kind of it changes. And now what you're saying is uh, something that we lost. Like there's something that we used to be able to tap into that we lost. Here, I'm going to take it the opposite. Cause I think we're unevolved. And what that thing is, is like we need to evolve to like connect. Whatever that antenna is, is that what we're, are we vibing here? Like the yeah, antenna yeah. that's what? like touch, talk, talking to something bigger, something else. Yes. That thing. Because yeah. when we look at like historic uh, uh, hieroglyphics or, or writing on stone tablets or the history, there's always images and pictures of other beings, uh, things flying in the mm-hmm. sky, different uh, uh Entities teaching us things about life, future, mm-hmm. techn- introducing totally. us to technology. So, like, I feel like the education of our true history and how, where we really came from is not what they're what we're learning, okay. and they're trying to just fucking you know it's all about control. Because if there are other species, then everything we learned about religion and everything is just fucking. Mm-hmm. Well, BS. so so that is peculiar, right? There's like the I've seen those the UFOs, and it's a higher, it's like a stick figure looking up, and it like yeah, it's yeah, like, looks flying like chariot, clear as day, a spaceship, like yeah. the imaginary spaceship. Um, so I like to go both ways with with thought, with things like that. I love that, and I hope that's what happened. I hope aliens showed up, and all these naked dudes were like, "Well, let's draw that shit." And uh, 
But let's say I think just, beyond that, I think that this planet has amazing resources that like gold is an amazing conduct conduction of energy. Like you you think the tech was around back so then. So I think other species were traveling and realized that this planet has a lot of that. Right. And they took whatever we were living whatever was living on here right. and told them to become workers and you know, whatever it was, DNA, genetic, whatever, yeah. however we did it. And made us able to mine and get these sources for them, and then they just left us here as a as a civilization. Right. And now we're evolving I, into I what we totally are. could. It totally can be like Prometheus. <laughs> totally. I, yes. 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 That could be it. Or the idea of the the archetype of the UFO is for some reason something that humans come up with. We come up with a lot of stories, right? Right. We naturally tell ourselves stories to make sense of this chaos. Um, and so I think that if we are capable of imagining and making movies about them and writing books about them and drawing them ourselves, uh, why wouldn't the people before us, our ancestors, have the same capacity? So it could just be an idea and okay. it could just be art. I see. It. I, and I'm not saying it's not that. I'm saying I like to look. I like to think. Yeah, the other side. I'm not going to drink any Kool-Aid unless I've tried the others. Right, right. No, I got you. It could be, though, you know, that's a that's a good perspective as well. But I think Pablo Picasso said it best. He says, if you can imagine it, it's real. Because how are we capable of thinking or imagining something way beyond that couldn't even exist? That's that's the that's isn't that beautiful? And I think that with we're evolving to know more. I think it's I think we're going up. I think that like this, this we're monkeys. And we ain't far from the hair everywhere. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you think of a future movie and you imagine a cast, like, let's say it's like 21. I was about to ask you your post op Dude, first of all, you couldn't movie. use human actors. We would look different. That's, yes, we would evolve. evolve. Yes, it's right? A, and I think, like, I, Fifth Element shit. One thing I love to think about, and I don't know if, but it seems it would be interesting and maybe, um, but like, you know, the, the archetype for the gray alien. You know, the gray. It's like everybody could picture it when you see it. Yeah. That's us from the future. Have you heard that? Uh, not us from the future, but I heard about the grays. No, yeah. but, but the grays are basically homo sapiens next leveled up. Right. It's like where Evolved. we're going. Yes. And so this species of what was human is coming down to check out the fucking monkeys. You know what I mean? And they are us. And 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 to me that could be that could be some real shit, man. I don't know if just because it's like a fun, fresh way of thinking about the alien phenomena that gives me the energy to go there. You know what I mean? Like and kind of like I could start to believe it if I watch enough YouTube. <laughs> I really can. But you know, you, I we what is all this shit? Yeah, that's you know what, what I'm saying. Where, who are we? Where are we? Ken, uh, who are we, dude? Where are we? Where do we come yeah. from, dude? Came from the from our mom. Yeah, that's all we know, man. And she came from her mom. Yeah, <laughs> all the way down the line. Yo, you know what I think, man? If you want to put the whole universe into a like, what is actually happening here? What makes the most logical sense to me? All right. And again, I could be wrong. Okay, I'm just going. Hey, we're high. We're floating here. What I think makes the most sense of all of this is actually something I learned from. Uh, uh, the docu-series Planet Earth. Planet Earth 2, actually, the sequel. This time it's for real. <laughs> <laughs> they made, you know, Planet Earth 2 came out, and uh, I think they nailed it. They basically were talking about how every 
species on Earth has a form of crab that, you know, lives off its skin or its outer shell, like its outer, whatever the, you know, the outsides. And uh, that crab, basically, it's chewing up all the bacteria on your skin. It's feeding off you. It's like microscopic, so you can't see it, but they're there. Um, the, the noteworthy thing about these crabs is if you put them underneath the microscope and zoom into them, those crabs have crabs. So there's crabs all the way down the line, okay? Never ending. Never ending. I, would, I don't know how far right. down do you go. But what makes you think it doesn't go that way? But up. So maybe so, if you zoomed out on us and you keep going back and and you back, 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 and then you look at, you know, you see space and you see a galaxy, then you see like a cluster or nebulas and you go further, further, and it's like a universe, and then you realize there's a bunch of universes all over around it, and you pull all the way back from that and you start seeing a little bit of like skin. You know what I mean? And you kind of like see it like you're you're like, it looks like it's pulling back from a person now. Like we were just in space and now that's pulled back and, and it's just a bigger being that we're all feeding off of. And then that guy, <laughs> if you if he looks through his telescope, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, all the way up the line. <laughs> this makes most sense. We already see it going this way. You're gonna have some high ass people looking at their skin right now, like, is there any fucking galaxies in me, bro? Dude, I think we're all just a bunch of crabs down here fucking crabbing it out and something bigger's bush. Crabs eating crabs, because I just had some sushi the other day and it was fire. Right. <laughs> Why do we love fucking California crab so much? <laughs> California rolls. Matt Edgar, at Matt Edgar, man. Listen. Yeah, brother. Bro, we barely scratch the surface, dude, and we're already at the fucking hour mark. Damn. Is that serious? Sheesh, dude. But I, I'm not done because I, I saw some wrestling show. Are you a wrestling fan? You know what, dude? I'm a I'm a retired wrestling fan. That's a, I'll accept that answer. I love wrestling. We'll we'll put it that way. I love wrestling. But yes, I did have a wrestling podcast, and we had a lot of fun. And uh, I'll never forget that. What was it called? People. The Store Horseman. This is, oh my god. Yeah, because it's like the, the Four Horsemen. Horsemen but we yes. we shot it at the Comedy Store. Right. The so, Store Horseman. Yeah. It was, did you uh, guys have your characters like with someone the Rick yeah, and the I mean, Iron? Yeah, and it, like very organically, people kind of became you know the characters. The characters, and the, I think the pinnacle was we uh, had a wrestling show with a ring in the main room of the Comedy Store. Oh, that's amazing. And we hired all of our favorite indie wrestlers, and they came out. They came out, and it was not that expensive. I mean, it was expensive, but it was like we pulled did it they off. Wrestle? Yeah. That's dope. And I did commentary. You know, I just. With my podcast. You know, I just did a wrestling event on Saturday in San Diego. No shit. The Canada Pro Wrestling Show. I was the official ring announcer. Oh my God. My yes. dream. Well, that's exactly. That's what I said, dude. Yeah. I mean, so, you, you're out there and you're part of the I show. I saw you guys were just in San Diego on Friday and I was there Saturday, the 19th, doing uh, the wrestling show at a dispensary. Oh. Uh, and they had, uh, they had a. a Papa uh, Godfather came out, oh. and he did the whole train and everything, yes. and did his whole thing, and then yeah. uh, there was a bunch of matches, and it ended with the fucking street fight, no holes, no rules, dude, and they brought the tables and the lights and the thumbtacks and everything. It was crazy. I mean, it is insane what they're doing. It what? is fucking crazy. I love it. Yeah, man. And some of the guys that uh, were on my wrestling show are now big stars, so... Oh yeah, like who? Saying, like who? There's this guy Darby Allen. Um, he was at the time just another indie wrestler that 
I think maybe he um he had some viral videos, some videos that went viral. He did some really cool shit, and uh, now he he was just recently the TNT champion of AEW. Um, Yo. He's super famous now. And then uh, I had the Penta or uh, the uh, the Lucha Brothers, who are a huge tag team of AEW, and um, they were actually coming up. That's the thing; it's crazy. These guys love to wrestle so much that. You know, they take good pay, especially now. Those guys, we probably couldn't afford them now. No way. But uh, they loved it. They came out to do it, and they were great. Yeah. And uh, I love wrestling. I, I feel love like it. it's so entertaining. It's like, everyone goes, oh, it's fake. It's scripted. I'm like, so is all the TV shows you watch and the movies you watch. It's all scripted. It's, but it's just like a different form of entertainment. Right. And then when they get the mic skills and they start talking shit to each other and the yeah. characters they have, I feel like it's just. Well, it's like a, it's like any other art where it's like they have to master the character, that to find the character, learn to master it, and then learn how to make bank off of it. It and make moves off of it. And so when you see somebody pulling it off well, like this, yeah, like Darby Allen's doing it really well. I mean, his gimmick, the whole thing is is great. And um, just now, it's like, you know, back then you talked about the Godfather. What a great gimmick. This guy was a pimp. Yeah. And he'd bring his hose to work. <laughs> the hoe train. Yeah, like what what's, what? pimp and hose situation ever is like that where the pimp's like, all right, ladies, come watch me beat this guy's ass. Yeah, just walk with me down the ring and just, yeah. just dance just with me when I'm ready there. to dance. Oh no, my it God. was an amazing experience, though. Uh, yeah, maybe we, we'll fucking, maybe we could do something, dude. Maybe we could. I'm down as the clown, two, brother. As two retired wrestling fans, maybe we could. You know, SummerSlam's in Vegas. Oh, is it? Yeah, dude. Well, I'm always ready to dust off my fandom, and I have before, and uh, and I'll catch up, and I'll. And we should I'll talk after. The, maybe we, we, should could, talk. we could do something like two retired fans uh, coming yeah. back, and then we could like trying come, to put it together. Yeah, and figure shit out now because like my favorite was the Attitude Era. You know right, what I'm of saying? And, like when Rise War and there was right. Austin and Angle. And, yeah, we come in, we're like, uh, "Where's uh, when's Eddie Guerrero up?" Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> like, real. Oh, you've been gone way too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'd be saying, I'd be like, "Yo, is Sable still?" around <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to go through brock lesnar uh, who's he oh yeah uh, yeah you're not ready no yeah 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 but listen listen dude yeah we, there's so much more to talk about dude the hour went by so fast bro so fast thank you so much for having me man no, thank you thank you for pulling up at matt edgar on ig you have any other pages any other socials youtube just at matt edgar there's my link tree you'll get it all over there uh matt edgar with one t um go check out some stand-up well, all right, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Uh, uh, favorite strain to smoke? Oh, right now I'm like in uh, cereal milk by uh, Ooh, can CBX. Of, can of, can of, yeah, yep, antibiotics. Yep. yep. Uh, favorite way to smoke? Nighttime after I'm done with everything. No, fa- favorite. Would that say favorite time? I mean, favorite way to smoke. Well, that's my favorite way. What do you mean, like joint? Like joint bong yeah, blunt. Joint. Joints. Joints. Favorite munchies? Go to munchie. <sighs> Yeah, just chips, man. I could just go down on some fucking chips. It doesn't even matter. You don't care? No. Well, is, are you like a barbecue, a spicy chip? No, I'm, you actually, cool ranch. I'm actually, I'd go more cool ranch and, uh. Sour yeah. cream and onion? Yeah, or sea salt vinegar, baby. Okay. Oof. I'm from the beach, man. The beach? You said fucking Corona. Yeah, but I grew up right next to the... I went to high school next to... There's so much more. I can't... We didn't have an hour to fit in everywhere I've lived, all right? Yeah. He's from the beach. I was born in Corona. You don't even know about my fucking San Jose days, but whatever. What? All right, and Twitch, look, they're dropping the link right there. There's Fuck the yeah, links guys. to his link tree, his Instagram, at Edgar. You got any shows coming up? You oh, going shit. to the store tonight? What the fuck? I'm I'm uh th- this weekend um at the comedy store and I feel like I don't want to waste any time uh 
It's I mean, everything on just, your. You had to post it. Just go to my. Just go to my Instagram and uh, yeah, man, you'll see. I'm I'm out there with Rachel Wolfson. She's my girlfriend. We do a lot of shows together. She's fucking hilarious. Yeah, she was on here a couple months ago. There you go. You already yeah. know her. You already you know. know. Yeah, I fucking hit that shit, boys. <laughs> That's right. I smell her. Yo, yo, Matt Edgar. It was fucking a pleasure to have you here, dude. That was a great, great show. I, I'm gonna have you back, dude, and and we should talk about some uh, ideas, could, dude. Uh, I think, I think we, we could do something with the break the walls down. You know we can, I mean? yes, we can break the. And uh, that's the bottom line, dude. <laughs> do you know? Uh, uh, do you have any old wrestling T-shirts? You. Bro, you know how much they're worth right now? The vintage wrestling tees? Yeah, I know. I have a friend that's in the business. He's Did he tell me. you? Yeah, bro, like He's actually giving me some. Four or five hundred dollars for these t-shirts, dude. Some of them are I got some Sabus. I got some Ooh. NWO wolf packs. I got the whole com- I know a whole scene if I I could I mean you probably know a lot of the same people, but there's you could get some insane shit. I don't I, I just wanna like I'm selling it. You could get well they'll help you do that. <laughs> All right, listen, listen, Matt Edgar, it's been a pleasure. It's too shady. Let's end appreciate this. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, uh, hey, podcast. Shout out to Hayes Radio for having us. I know they got the Hayes Cup coming up, so pay attention to that. Shout out to Ken in the building. Appreciate you, you too, dude. Uh, it's the podcast. You already know. I'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye. a great way to recognize your employees check out custom ink have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers custom ink can do that too and wouldn't your team love some custom gear custom ink is ready custom ink is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service quality products and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy to use website when you don't plus everything is 100 satisfaction guaranteed check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com Fallen for clickbait? Advanced security included with Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi helps protect your connected devices online, even from scams disguised as dog videos. Click to learn more. Advanced security must be enabled in the Panoramic Wi-Fi app. Restrictions apply. App. Restrictions apply. App. Restrictions apply.